everyone. Welcome to the Chill Life Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Stoner. Thank you for joining me yet again on another episode. Uh, very special one today. And you know, the, the title of this episode is Snacks at the 240. Yes, we're talking about the Moab 240, but no... We are not talking about snacks at the aid stations and snacks for runners. Um, <laughs> uh, for anybody who is in the San Diego area, uh, you probably know what I'm talking about. Uh, Mr. Snacks is uh, Ultra Izzy B, Isabella Janovic's husband, uh, who is a non-runner. He was voluntold, as you will find out in this episode, to uh, be crew lead for her uh, Moab 240. So I thought it would be a really cool conversation to take in the Moab 240 from his perspective. Yes, we will be talking to both uh, Isabella and, and Kyle um, on this episode, and we'll be getting a, a perspective on the 240 from both from both of them and and mainly because a Isabella this was her first Moab event uh but yeah and Kyle again it's his first uh time crewing such a big event like this and you'll find out he has done uh ultra crewing for Isabella before but this is a whole entire different beast so the, the conversation is great I love uh always talking with with Isabella and and I I've always enjoyed conversations with Kyle, so it, it's fun to have both of them on this episode. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy. And there's a lot of laughs on this one and just a lot of really cool different perspective on the Moab 240. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Welcome to The Trail Life, Isabella and Kyle Janovic. Well, help me turn the turning. Well, help me get it right. With you not being a runner and kind of getting thrown into this whole entire mix, (laughs) (laughs) I I want to hear your perspective on a lot of the other race and the aid stations occurring, all that stuff. Um, It definitely is one of those things that uh, everyone should be a part of. It's a a pretty cool experience. So (laughs) So an outsider's perspective, so to speak, on, on the Moab 240, which is which is awesome. So this would be a completely different uh, take on the Moab 240 conversation that I've had before. Um, I've always talked to, to obviously runners like is that have done it, experienced it, want to talk about it. And we will is don't, don't get wrong. We'll, we'll talk. <laughs> I know you like to talk itself. So we'll let you talk a little bit, <laughs> but this is, this is from, this is all about Kyle right now. So there we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's just get this started. I, I want to like two Moab two forty. You've been training for it for almost a year. Like getting getting your schedules down, your training, your eating, your like, trying to figure out sleep deprivation. Give me kind of the breakdown of you getting ready in this last week. Did you, cause you're, you're now like your van life, you know, are you able to go out to Moab? Are you cruising around out there? Like checking out the course? Like what are, what's your prep uh, time look like right now? Yeah. So in the summer, I actually went out to Moab. Um, it's about a nine hour drive from where we're at. 
so, and then having the van is just amazing. You can sleep in it and all that stuff. So I did a section of the course, which um, was the mountain section. And I wanted to check it out. And uh, we did about a 14 hour run out there, run hike, really hard to navigate. Obviously, there's no course markings. We uh, used the Gaia app for navigation. So got a lot of practice with that. Um, Went into the night, experienced some weather, tested out our rain gear, which was great because I spent so much money on this rain gear and I see why it costs a lot of money. Um, It's a lot. (laughs) The mountains in Moab and other places in the United States are a lot different than the mountains in San Diego. So your San Diego rain gear is not going to work out there. (laughs) Probably not. No. (laughs) Um, And then when I checked out a, a portion of the Slick Rock the next day in the heat, in yeah. Moab. So I experienced different extreme temperatures and the week before the race. Um, wow. Just a lot of packing going over lists, last minute logistics and meetings with my crew. Um, kind of trying to explain to Kyle, but not having him panic about what <laughs> his job would be. Uh, this isn't a, a, a normal hundred miler where, you know, you can drive aid station, aid station, and you see your person every four or five hours. Yeah. Uh, Kyle has crewed me before. He did my 100 miler earlier this year, the Coldwater Rumble, but it was a looped course. So he didn't move. It was almost like a camping party. He had so much fun. Like, <laughs> one spot. So, <laughs> you know, just printing out directions and explain to him like how I don't know when I'm going to get to the aid station. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So mentally going into it, you get to that. I mean, again, like you said, you've done a hundred milers, you've, you've, you're getting ready for this, like mentally now the night before the two days before, like, where are you at in that perspective? Like, cause you start doing all of your course talks and you, you arrive on site and all the entire race aspect starts a couple of days in advance for this one. So where are you mentally sitting at here as you get into that day the night before the day before like where where you're where's you where you at i I think i I was starting to get nervous on the drive yeah i was gonna say 240 miles before we got there i said i'll drop you off and meet you there (laughs) (laughs) now that's the way to do it do your 240 before your 240 yeah yeah (laughs) kyle when do you think i started getting nervous was it the drive down there Definitely on the on the drive, but I think it was a, even maybe a day before that, a day or two before. Yeah. And then, you know, there was a little hints of it, like, within that month. You were, you know, you'd say something and it was like, you got time, you have time, don't worry. But I, I definitely, the day, once the, the day of, you looked, it was normal. I don't think you had any nerves. It didn't seem like it in the morning. Cool and, know, co- yeah. cool and collective, Izzy cool B. And collect- I was in the zone. We <laughs> got there on Wednesday and we had a cabin at the start finish line, which I did on yeah. purpose. I had to book it way in advance because I wanted to be at the start. Um, and so we had plenty of time, relaxed, saw people. The next day was check-in. Uh, we had coffee with my coach, who's also doing the race. He had like seven clients running this race, um, including himself. So that was kind of cool doing coffee with everyone, talking last minute strategy, last minute, like course changes, uh, that sort of thing. So that felt good, like talking to him, did a shakeout run. And then the camera crew came. We had a camera crew from Nathan Sports follow along the whole time, too. And that was an experience for them as well. (laughs) No, 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 no pressure, by the way. No, I know. Crew follow you. I mean, no pressure whatsoever. First 240, 200, camera crew following you around. Actually, speaking, they actually, it helped me having someone else there kind of along 
for the ride that had never been part of it. So it was, yeah, it was, kinda... uh, <laughs> I, I became friends with them pretty much. Um, with, by the end of it, it was, yeah, it was, that was a cool experience as well. <laughs> you know what how the, she is with the camera. So a lot, exactly. <laughs> you know, always, always ready to, to be on camera. That's right. Yeah. So, um, let's talk about the, the, <clears throat> races like where i mean everybody in san diego here was following along with you i mean there wasn't a moment i i was on social media or talking to somebody at a run group or at uh at the gym like hey have you have you checked where izzy's at today have you like how's she doing and I was, I you, and you add your mom and mama v you know she's <laughs> i think she was posted like every two minutes on on social media like Okay, Isabella's reached mile eleven. Okay, she's reached mile she's reached mile fifty. Like I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, love you, Mama V. <laughs> so uh let's let's talk about the race just a little bit because I, I definitely want to get into the crew aspect like we talked about, but I want to hear your side as far as racing first, because it's uh that kind of leads into where Kyle's at on, on this journey. So how how are you feeling once you get into it? Like, where's your, you know, how how long did you go to your first stop? Like, where, how were you feeling those first, that first 24 hours? Like, where were you at right there? Uh, the, the first half of the race was like amazing. It was a nice gradual flat run until we started climbing. So it was kind of cool to warm up. Um, it was in the dark and we got to see a beautiful sunrise. And Moab is just absolutely gorgeous. Um, so all that part was fun seeing friends. I actually knew a lot of people out there because there was a whole group of us who volunteered last year yeah. and most of the people who volunteered last year ran the race this year. So that was super cool to like the ones we've kept in contact through social media throughout the year. And then, yeah, yeah, it's race day. So I got to the first aid station. I think it was 17 ish and Kyle was there alone. My, my crew hadn't arrived yet. He was there alone with the camera guys. And, um, for me, uh, I had to be patient because they had nothing set up, but it was the first, it was the first one. They didn't know. <laughs> I'm like, why isn't my chair out? Where's all my stuff? Like this should be, come on guys. In and out NASCAR. <laughs> but it, yeah. I mean, super happy to see them. Um, I don't know how Kyle felt at the first aid station. <laughs> well, I mean, it, so that's, that's all part of this though. Like it's, you know, the, the aid station aspect of it adds into the strategy and uh, like mentally where you're at when it comes to stuff, not being ready, you can't find the, your, the right gear. You can't find your, the right nutrition. Like it, it kind of mm -hmm. just tacks onto it a little bit at a time. I mean, or how are you doing with, uh, like, where did you, what point did you get where some of your sleep deprivation was kicking in? Did you go up the first 24 hours? without sleeping or did you jump yeah. in? Okay. You did. Yeah. So made it to 17. Um, they parked the van super far. So they learned to park closer to me if they could. <laughs> and then that day was really hot. And one of the water stops had no water. And I had kind of been warned like, Hey, you know, make sure you fill up your pack because there's always a possibility of the water stops for the mid pack back back of the pack people, right. it could be empty. So sure enough, there was no water at the water drop. Um, I had been training with, to hold capacity of four liters of fluid. So okay. I had trained that weight. So I just carried it with me. And even though I had four liters of fluid, it was 22 miles stretch in the desert. And I had to ration my water. It was super hard. I felt my muscles depleting and I couldn't really run because I knew I'd drink more water if I ran. 
Um, I had to like uh, suck on like chews to keep my mouth moist and blisters start to develop on my feet. So they actually have medics at every aid station and pretty much all they do is pop your blisters and tape them and say, you'll (laughs) see you at the next aid station. Like the medic straight told me, I'm like, what can I do? Like the pain and stuff. He's like, you suck it up for the next three to four days. And I'm like, Oh my God. Speaking of which, speaking of which uh, the photos of your feet on Instagram, thank you very much. I appreciate that. (laughs) Nobody really wants to see that. So thank you. Uh, I mean, uh, even, even people with foot fetish don't want to see that shit. (laughs) So, so uh, at what point did your feet started kind of, you know, obviously there's blisters are always going to take effect even earlier Mm -hmm. on in the race, right? Those are going to, those are going to even happen depending on how hard you're charging, you know, it'll happen, you know, mile 10, mile 15, going in like where did your feet finally start to be like oh my god <laughs> i need a break well i don't i'm not one to normally get blisters even at my 100 miler i had like two little tiny ones and that was you know it what? You're, you're the you're the fourth person that i've talked to about the 240 that says that and then all of a sudden the blisters come on <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean <laughs> so i hear it's just like there's so much rock and dirt and grit yeah. i was wearing i had a foot routine strategy that my coach and i laid out out that I followed. Um, I had gators. I had everything I could do. And um, so I didn't see my crew until I went all overnight. I think I saw them at sunrise the next day, like at 7 a.m. around mile 70. That's when I saw my crew again. And I didn't take any dirt naps during that time. I, um, you know, you kind of meet people on the trail that are your (laughs) pace. So you kind of stick together to get through the night. Um, So when I got there, Melissa, my first pacer was there. She, um, just finished her hundred milers, you know, she kind of just took over and said, sit down, I'm taking care of everything, you know? So Kyle learned a lot from her, I think. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's stop right there for just a second as I want to, I want to continue on with the, with the 70 on here in a second, but so I want to revert back to Kyle and learning lessons really fast. Like, so let's go, let's go back to, <laughs> yeah. let's go back to the, the first time when, when stuff isn't ready and everything else. Like what, I mean, again, I, I actually, fish, when she fish, said fish out of water scenario here, like, <laughs> right. I, I was trying to remember, actually, I was like, we're, we were not prepared. She had everything written out for us and everything. So yeah, I think it was just, she was fresh. The other ones, I don't think we were as any better at the other ones. Yeah. Um, I I think she was getting, I think she was getting worse um, (laughs) mentally and just didn't care. (laughs) Um, But no, the the first one, it definitely, it was just kind of like, what do you need? She kind of helped us. Yeah. We were kind of in her way in a sense. It seemed like she was just that fresh. And yeah. then the, the, the second one was she needed help. The, she needed to be sat down. And from, from then on, it was kind of Melissa laid the law. She was said, make sure everyone does everything for her. She sits down, you take off her shoes. She doesn't move all that yeah. extra, that extra just takes burns calories. It yeah. burns stuff that they need. They're just, they're depleted. So they shouldn't be doing it. Um, so that was, you know, so good learning lesson. <laughs> so let's, let's keep that in mind. So as I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the beginning here aspect of it. So Izzy says, "Hey, honey, I'm gonna do 
<laughs> Moab 240. <laughs> and, guess, and guess what? You're going to be crew. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It seems like more of a vacation. It, yeah. It's, yeah, so you're being voluntold. You're, yes. Uh, you're, yes. You're going to be crew. I'm used to that. What, it's what fine. is. So knowing, yeah. So so knowing that uh, you're now 240 and it's a little bit bigger loop than what you're used to. Like, what's your first first thought as you see the equipment and gear and the you know some of the some of the rules you got to kind of follow to help out, right? Like, what's what's going through your mind? Because it's, I know I would just be like, "What the hell?" <laughs> yeah, it was it was a lot of panic. I think the week coming up, maybe two weeks, I just needed the directions and I wanted to do it my own way. So yeah. I just, from aid station to aid station type of thing, I need, um, the, the race had a pretty good setup with links. So I was up, I think the night before really trying to save stuff to my phone. Didn't know what service would be like. So I yeah. think I was in pan- panic mode like that i don't know if she knew that like but. that like, like that high school like that high schooler tried to cram right before a, a, a test uh, yes. in the next morning yes exactly <laughs> um so yeah i was i was i was doing that but other than that it was the two the 240 part and the in the 100 i the 100 was my first time so i didn't know any different yeah. I don't know if that was, you know, that's the experience you sit there and you kind of, we didn't sleep that much there. So the, the sleep part was, you know, part of, I think I got voluntold on that one to show up at 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah. with the tent for no reason because Vera just wanted me there. I think she wanted me out of the house. Vera. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I was, again, that, that was just the first experience of crewing, which, which was cool because there were other people. Um, this was more of, you know, I'd never been to Moab, first of all. So oh, yeah, I was, that's, if you I, don't know, I've never had been to Moab and not going, not knowing where to go exactly and everything else. I mean, that's just, hey, one more, one more piece of stress or one more layer of stress. Right. Making sure that you get from point A to point B so that you're in the right spot when your runner yes. comes through, right? That's, it, that's just another, ugh. Yeah. And, and, then timing it's it's that's the real part of driving somewhere where you've never been at 3 a.m and yeah. you woke up had four hours of sleep and you woke up at one and had coffee and then realized you didn't have to leave for another hour or two and you're already up and so yeah those are the those are the things that I, you had to just manage and and really the tracker the tracking system mm-hmm. was like really addicting (laughs) it was like you would it would wake you up even if you had to sleep all of a sudden you would just get up and like i gotta look where are they at okay i need to be here at this time okay i can sleep for another another half hour so that knowing that she was out there not sleeping it was kind of a push you were able to you know kind of push through that just knowing that not only her that there's there's the volunteers and all that are out there so so where's where's uh where's the crew at first is what what mile so mile 70 my friend melissa she came from la and she was volunteering at moab so she was out there anyway um so she was my first pacer uh when i got there i slept about 45 minutes in the van you know refreshed did everything and we were on our way uh that day was pretty fun melissa and i had a blast out there it wasn't too hot 
Um, she took care of me. It was very runnable course. So we got um, some distance taken care of, um, yeah. took a trail nap, just like, you know, five, 10 minutes. So she would time me. Um, and then we got to, uh, I think it was like 102 mile, 102. And that was right before the Shea mountain climb. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was dark at this point, got my feet all taken care of. And from what I was told that as soon as you make it up to the top of Shea mountain, you're like kind of golden for the rest of the race, whether that was true or not, that was the, that was in my mind. <laughs> like I just need to make it to the top of Shea. Um, it was extremely difficult going up there. A lot of navigation. We had two other runners who kind of like joined us. So Melissa mm-hmm. kind of navigated for the, the, you know, all of us and kept us pumped up and, um, it was so tiring. The climbs were super steep, which would have been cool on a regular basis. But when you're already at mile 102, you know, it gets a little difficult. Yeah. A lot of creek crossings in the dark. Um, and that's at the end of that section is when I kind of had my first little breakdown. It was just a fire road going uphill the last few miles up to Shea. And I had been warned about this. Super foggy. Um, It's probably like 5 or 4 a.m. And you can't see the finish, but you know it's there. And when I saw my other crew met me there. So that was uh, 121, mile 121, like kind of the halfway point. And that's when I first cried to Kyle. (laughs) 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 I was in so much pain with my feet. Yeah. How many – so – Remind me again, how many, how many crew do you have? How many, cause you, Kyle, you've got the, you've got the Nathan crew with you, which is what, two, two yeah, filmers, two filmers yeah. yourself. Yeah. And do you have somebody else with you? Besides, um, besides at, the, at, the, obviously there's the crew that's, that's running with Izzy, but like, who else is with you? Yeah. So at that point, I believe Gabe and Heather had flown in. So they weren't there for, they didn't come until Saturday. So before that, it was just Melissa. When I dropped Melissa off at that aid station, mm-hmm. it was kind of just she went with with them. So it was just me for the first two, and then um, then I had her next two pacers, Gabe and and Heather. That actually uh, they helped out a lot because Gabe has run it before. Heather runs and and helps um, Izzy pace all the time. So. Um, once they showed up, it was like an actual crew. Yeah. So the filmers were, were kind of, I had to let them know when I was leaving so they could tag along and be there in time. So I, I, they kind of just were for me, just another, like just a tag along, Yeah. <laughs> but kind yeah, of, they, kind, of, kind of maybe in the way sometimes, but um, yeah, not, not very they, helpful. Not really. They were, <laughs> yeah. they were really professional about what they did and they were there. Um, I, I believe they were runners, so they were pretty intrigued in what was going on, yeah. and and whatever they could do to get the right footage. They, um, I think they ran out with her a few times, ran mm-hmm. a mile out or so. So, um, yeah, yeah they probably were, they're probably not allowed so much on on course to a certain extent, right? Right. They, they right. Probably are only yeah, probably only limited to a certain distance Correct. length and in certain areas. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that being said, and the videographers not being able to really go out and do anything too much, did they, they did you find them kind of helping out at all, Kyle or no, just, they were just there just um, to kind of help support when the, when Izzy came in, they would get their, their stuff and. Yeah, and they were that. support 100%, but other than that, they, it was, they had to do their job. Yeah. So they had stuff to do. Um, 
yeah, they were very professional about what they were doing. And yeah. So just it, like, and I guess it, I go back to, you know, it's, you're, you're the one that's still sitting there trying to figure out all of this stuff by yourself until you get Michelle and Heather and Gabe on site and they can kind of navigate a little bit more and help you out. But I mean, it's as, as you're getting into day two, how does it get easier as you get into the second day or is it become a little bit more of a stress for you because, you know, is his feet are starting to hurt and there's a little bit, obviously a little bit of like tiredness setting in and everything else. Like how's, how's that for you? And how's that working out? Crying is happening. Crying, <laughs> Crying is happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, No, it definitely stress levels kept going up. They would, you know, they you'd relax a little bit. Once you saw her, she looked really fresh a few times when, when she came in you were like, okay, she's doing great. This is fine. Her feet hurt, but nothing else was bothering her. So it was just, um, I think one day she got sleep, got up in the morning and ate breakfast. You know, it was a full new day. The sun came out right when she was eating breakfast. And yeah. that day I was like super pumped for her. It was kind of like, Whoa, that was cool. She just got, I, I hope she felt like that because it felt like a new day. You know, it felt like she was just going out for a run again. Yeah. I just um, hit the reset button really quick. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, stress, stress level. Ooh, she had plenty of time on cutoffs um, at the beginning. Obviously it was yeah. getting down to not, not to the wire at the end, but there was one moment kind of at the end where I, I might've done my math wrong or I was looking at the sheet and was in that panic mode. And I was kind of like, "Uh Oh, this is, this could be like an hour before cutoff. You know, this, I, I would, and then that starts making you panic. It's like, I would hate for yeah. a year of just all that that went into it just to get crushed right there at the end. So yeah. that, and I know that happens to people. I just, yeah. I didn't want to, I didn't want to be a part of that. <laughs> um, <laughs> again, I was, uh, it, I, it's, it's more of the, the work that went into it for the whole year. Not, not only that, but then how much pain that she was in from, I think miles, like she said, it started pretty, she says not early, but I feel that was kind of early for that long of a race for her feet to actually be needing taped already. And, and she, she was crying about her feet and it was kind of like, okay, uh, you got to like not talk to her about it, get her mind off of it. Um, talk about something else. And there's no way for her. You, you can't do that to someone when every step actually hurts. Right. Um, you, you try, but it, it just, I don't know if it helped, Isabella. Did it help? Well, it, it really made me happy when you guys told me there was a real bathroom at that aid station. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was. Yeah, you spent so much time going to the bathroom in the woods. <laughs> yeah, you were you were very happy about that. <laughs> What's the is when you get to that point? You're you're there's that that breakdown moment, like like you said. You're you're you know there's a little bit of your, your feet hurt. You're crying a little bit. There's the breakdown moment. Like, are you? one of those people in that moment uh that would rather like hey just leave me alone for a little bit or hey tell me something else like tell me what else is going on besides anything like where where do you at usually mentally like in this zone or when you get into that area like do you do you want somebody talking to you and, and trying to tell you jokes to kind of keep your mind off it or are you just somebody who's like let me just sit here and just 
be in the moment for just a second. Like where, where are you at with that? Um, I like to be distracted. Definitely. It's not like me to cry. If I'm crying, then that means I'm really hurting. And I was warned about emotions during this race. And my coach had told me, if you got your emotions, you sleep and you eat, you put calories in your body. So that's what we did. Um, I slept two hours at that aid station. I ate, I brushed my teeth and I woke up in the morning and I was ready to go. So, but during the run, like Melissa just kept me distracted. Um, Gabe had great trail stories. Uh, Heather had me listen to music. Um, she talked about how everything's going with, you know, everyone in the trail community had great stories too. Yeah. Um, sucking on hard candy, which I'd never done before, but just like little things that like that, like that little sugar rush, just yeah. pretty much anything to keep me distracted. Yeah. So, okay. So you, we, let's get back to it. So you cut through the fog, you got, you, you break down a little bit, but you get to the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. And you said that that's the, would you say it's the, that's the golden point? Yeah. <laughs> it's, the, it's the golden moment, the golden shower, yeah. the golden something along those lines. Supposedly that was the hardest section. It's the hardest section. So it's the hardest section. So you get past that. And is it, it, is it what they tell you? Like, did you find that that was, you get past that section and it's a little bit more quote unquote downhill from there. Like it's, it gets a little easier. There's still some points where you're like, you know, there's a little bit of lies. Like this is, this yeah, is there's a little not... bit of lying. <laughs> um, so at that point it was mile 121. That next section I did by myself uh, because it wasn't technical or you didn't really have to worry about navigation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I actually really enjoyed the next section in the daytime. It was super fun, single track. I was by myself, listened to my audio book, my murder mystery, um, took a couple of trail naps in the sun. Uh, and then we got to a long, um, and then I saw Kyle at the next aid station. I don't remember, was it 180 or something? Yeah, I think, it, yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, and that's where um, Kira and and um, Jesse were the aid station captains. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Nice. Kira Henninger races, sign up for those. <laughs> so that was kind of cool to see a familiar face. And Jesse gave me an update on how Jeff was doing. He was crushing it. He's like two days ahead of me, you know, on the course. Of course. <laughs> um, uh, that was the most painful um, that the medics worked on my feet, though. That's there were some real life screams going on when the medics worked on my feet at that aid station. Yeah. Really how, difficult. how uh, I mean, I, again, I see photos. I don't really want to see photos. So for me personally, like <laughs> what, what kind of, what kind of damage are your feet in? Like, I didn't look, I didn't want to look at them. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I just looked away. Way. I said, you do what you need to do and get it done. They were putting so much tape and, we're, and they had scalpels yeah. out. Yeah. It was, they're pretty t- I think at one point they said they can't tape them anymore. It was just <laughs> my like, socks oh, barely fit. Yeah, on top. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the, but that's the thing that, uh, you know, we've, I've heard before too, and talking with other people is, you know, you, you, you've got your regular shoes, you know, whether it's two, three pairs, but you get to a certain point that you find this out where it's like, okay, you've got so much tape on your feet are so swollen. Did you feel that your shoes were still, you know, going on easy enough or did you have to go? No, your shoe it yeah, I did have, um, I was a one and a half size bigger in my shoes and I even had men's. So I, but I didn't think about my socks being so tight from the swelling and I wear in socks, toe socks. 
Yeah. So um, that was a little hard, but then at the same time, it kept everything like together. Like, yeah. but it, you know, um, it was just super painful that Kyle has a very great story. What happened to him at that aid station that I didn't know about <laughs> until after the race. Yeah. We, oh, we, let's hear this. We, we kind of got the van <laughs> stuck. It's, it's only two wheel drive. <laughs> and uh there was there was two uh suv like type cars but smaller parked and i figured it was you know a little hard harder compact right there and it wasn't <laughs> uh so we we kind of it was stuck but not you know i was i was pulled in enough and and when she came in i was kind of told everyone just don't say anything. Don't say anything. <laughs> don't, don't, tell but, her, don't tell her. Don't tell her. <laughs> so the first thing she says when she sees the van is, what a shitty parking job. <laughs> and, and, and I was like, yeah, that's, yep. Yeah, I just was in a hurry. Yep, that was it. So, uh, yeah, luckily someone was there and pulled us out. And I ended up doing like a 30-point turn to get not stuck again. Um, yeah, so learn, learn the lesson on that one i need to buy something to the shovel for for one i think uh heather heather borrowed uh something from someone else and it was a uh like tire iron so we're yeah <laughs> you, you, you pull into these you, you pull into the the pit stops like how many how many vehicles are there like like you said you're, you're um, squeezing into spots like how many yeah, like how tight is it for the most part yeah this one and it, it also depended on where which aid station it was there were obviously some that we weren't allowed to and there were some that just were four-wheel drive that even i don't know how they got volunteer stuff too but um the you know, that one, it was down a little dirt road and the nice parking spots right up front were taken. So there was probably like 20, 30 cars, maybe 20 cars. And we just had to go down the road a little bit. And like, like she said at the beginning, we parked kind of far. It's like, yeah, I think we parked where we could. <laughs> uh, you can't just tell people to move. Yeah. Um, hey, so, by the way, yeah. I'm coming in, I'm with Izzy B. Come on. I got to be front. I got to be up front. I mean, yes, I tried to get as close as I could. Um, but yes, it's, there's, you know, it, it depended on what time of the race too. We pulled into some of them at three in the morning and it was, there was already everyone sleeping. So it was kind of, you had to like, you didn't want to kind of romp around and make noise. You knew, you know how hard everyone was working. I, th I think that was the hardest part getting to the aid stations was two of them. I think one was like an hour and a half away. Another one was an hour and 15 minutes away from where we were base camp basically was the start finish line. Mm -hmm. um, driving. I think both of them, I had to be there at like three, three in the morning. Oof. So it, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. It was just hard driving on roads that you, you've never yeah. been. And it was, there was open range so cows, there were two accidents that I had not seen going in, but when I was coming out of the aid station, saw the two, uh, you know, skid marks and all that. And actually later on, we heard from a friend that they solved both accidents, not happened, but um, both vehicles were just damaged. So from then on, I had a panic about driving at night. And how much, uh, like you're talking about arriving at three o'clock in the morning, like how, how much sleep do you think you got? With, for this whole entire thing, because we talk about there's sleep deprivation for the runner, obviously, but what you don't think about is there's got to be some, a lot of sleep deprivation for the crew 
that's that's handed out there too. And it's it gets maybe a little bit more dangerous to some degree because like Kyle said, he's driving at three o'clock in the morning on on what, like maybe an hour of sleep or two hours of sleep, something right. like that, right? And it's right. So so where where are you at with your sleep uh, as you it, get later and later? Are you actually there was it was the beginning, I think I was matching <laughs> I think I was matching her. I was like, oh okay. dang. I was yeah, you know, just it was okay, I took two hours. And I think that was nerves. Um, there was one day that I got a good, I think we weren't going to see her for 10 hours. So I was able to go back, go to the grocery store, get some food, make a meal and actually go to sleep. And, yeah. and um, there were two of the days that were kind of on a regular schedule to where it was like, oh, we can go back and kind of go to sleep by seven o'clock and get up at, at whatever, four in the morning. Yeah. So it, it, it did, it fluctuated. I think at the beginning I was getting less sleep, but like I said, that was nerves. As you, yeah. As yeah. you get later on. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, so as we get into like, let's fast forward to like your last, I don't know, let's, let's, let's call it a 50 mile, like last 50 mile. Like where, where are you at at this point? Uh, both mentally and physically as you get it. Cause you're getting, I mean, the closer that you or the farther out you get, the closer you get to the finish line. Right. So where are you, where are you at when now, you know, okay, I've got 50 miles or I've got a 50 K left. Mm-hmm. Like, like where, where are you at uh, with everything? So I think it was road 46 was like, I picked up my second pacer, Gabe. And this was the section um, that had the most altitude. It was all the way in the LaSalle's. I looked forward to this section because it's just so beautiful. And I was looking forward to like all the, the different colors and it was a gradual climb. It wasn't a crazy climb like Shea mountain. And, um, Gabe had done this section before. So he was just like perfect person to be with. Uh, there was a huge possibility of snow or hail during this section. Uh, luckily there wasn't, uh, when it got dark, it did get cold. Um, I also learned a lesson that my gloves, I need to get those at one size bigger too, because they would not fit on my swollen hands after. Well, a certain yeah. point. So <laughs> luckily Gabe had two pair of gloves. I had to borrow it. <laughs> and this is where we heard mountain lions. This is oh. also where I almost fell off the mountain cliff twice. Um, so Gabe saved my life. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we got up to the top of the mountain geyser pass and uh, made it through the high altitude. No problem. I didn't really have any problems with that. Just a little slower. And that's where I got to 200 and that's where it just clicked in my head. I'm I'm finishing this. I'm at the 200 mile point. I have one pacer left 40 miles. We're doing this. Um, They only allowed me an hour sleep instead of two, because I really wanted to finish at sunset, not in the dark. Yeah. Um, Again, plenty of time for cutoffs. Gabe had kind of warned us about the next section. He said, take advantage of the downhill fire road, run as much as you can um, with hurt feet because afterwards it's going to get rocky. And that's kind of all he told us. Yeah. Um, So we did, Heather and I had did pretty good. She kept me going shuffling on the the downhill fire road, which actually hurts too, guys, like quads (laughs) and stuff, you know, it's not at all easy and it's very boring, but Heather had great stories for me. And then we reached porcupine rim. And that was not very nice to put that section of the course at the end of a 240 mile run. It's just plain people. 
It is, is straight. It? It's it's like a famous mountain bike course, Porcupine Rim. And I can see oh. why. It looks super fun for a mountain bike, but it is all rocks. Yeah. All rocks. Well, you, Jeff said that it was uh, fun when you're fresh. If you get dropped off at the top and actually run it, he's like, you get to bounce around and have a good time. You know, <laughs> it's actually torture at the end of this race. He's like, I it hurt. So, yeah. It was awful. Every step the, I took, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and how what's the what's the distance of uh, porcupine room uh i want to say it was 20 miles oh, yeah Jesus. so terrible. the first 20 was like fire road <laughs> saw a great sunrise pretty we got to the aid station i got my food to go because i'm like all right we got to make up time um i really want to finish at sunset um people at the aid station were great my feet didn't need to be worked on anymore because all the blisters had popped yeah (laughs) my socks were actually wet from blister juice so yeah (laughs) uh it was bad um it was really bad and really slow like i could not move fast through this section yeah it, it was beautiful views, but I kind of didn't care. I just wanted to. So we just knew as soon as we saw the Colorado River, we knew we were close to the finish line. And we're like, where is the river? Finally, we see the river. We're like, it's so close. We could see the bike path to the finish line. But no, this race director is nuts. And she makes <laughs> us do all this scrambling boulders, like when we could have just gone straight to the road, you know, but she makes us do all the zigzagging around and we're hating her. There's a photographer there. So, you know, also you're close when the photographer's there. Yeah. And then finally we got it to the bike path and the camera guys, the Nathan camera crew were there. And I'm like, yes, we're done. We did this. We did yeah. this. Could you? Yeah. I think you finished. We were just getting ready. It was Tuesday. We were just getting ready to uh, start our run group on Tuesday. And again, this is all because of Mama V. She's step by step <laughs> telling everybody in our run group, like, okay, Isabella's going to finish at six or six thirty, right, or whatever it was at that point. And I think right after everybody had left to go on their run, we saw that you had finished like two minutes afterwards. So you did hit sunset right mm-hmm. it was like right almost just right there after whatever yep. it was but um so yeah she she came god i love your mom <laughs> she, came, she came and she told me while while she was gone she's like okay just let me know if anything if anything happens with isabella and i was like okay and she comes walking in big old smile on her face hands pumping in the air like yeah. she finished <laughs> so anyway but uh so that's that's how i knew that that you'd finish is i was kind of let i was like you know i'm not even gonna i'm not even gonna look to see when i'm just gonna let Mama V, tell everybody when, when you're done. <laughs> so I didn't even look. I was just like, ah, screw I'm, I know she's getting close, so I'm just let it roll. <laughs> so, so Heather was with you for the last 20, but... Uh, 40. You, she was with me for the last 40. The last 40, sorry. For the last 40, but when is it when she has to peel off? Because I don't think they can finish with you. Is that... Is that right? Or they can't? Anyone can, anyone at this race, anyone can cross the finish line with you. But yeah, she kind of veered off so that she can get get pictures of me crossing the finish line. Yeah. Um, And uh, yeah, so it felt great because I've walked that area. I've like crossed that finish line, you know, but not during a race. So to, and I've been on the other side of that finish line, you know, volunteering. So just to be that person finishing now, it just felt, it felt incredible. Yeah. So Kyle, like you peel off from the last, the last aid station area. Like how, how long are you, how long are you waiting at the finish line? Do you remember Ooh, from, 
No, from the from the last one, I had a pretty good time. I believe I had a, a full day. I I think so. Oh shit! Like, so you're just you're like, it was, that, it that's, like, and that's got to be yeah. even worse because you're just like, okay, what what, what do we get? Like, what's she coming in? What, and like, I'm t- I'm talking like not 24 hours, but probably 12. You know, it was like 10 10 12 hours, I believe. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, because it was all Heather. Yeah. So I think about 10 hours. So it's yeah, it starts getting. A lot nerve wracking right then. Yeah. The, like I said, the tracker, I was just like, refresh, refresh. Like when she's saying the, when I need to see the road, I started laughing when I saw that part <laughs> because I, I knew at the time, I was like, oh my God, they're probably dying right now. They can see it. I know they can see it. So just to hear her say that, I was like, oh, that's hilarious because I was laughing. I was literally laughing at you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the end that last day it was kind of just making sure that the the crew the camera crew was there and at the right place at the right time because all that hard work it was just like we we thought she was going to finish a little later and it, it they they shaved off a lot of time on that downhill like she was talking about and it actually just was like well a half hour well another half hour so um and and I think Gabe text Heather and said no stopping anywhere. Let's go. He wanted yeah. them to he wanted them to be done by at sunset. So that was cool. That little teamwork push. So I think she wanted. I didn't even think about when she said she saw uh, the photographer from the like not her for t- the, the camera crew, but the other one, like how much of a pump that would be. Cause yeah. you know, the finish line is coming up somewhere right there. Yeah. Um, well, it's it, like you said, it was like, you see the photographer, you see the camera crew, you kind of know right then and there, like, Oh shit, I'm done. I'm close. I'm done. Yeah. I'm ready to roll. Yeah. Walk me through that last, that last mile or so. And you get to uh visual of the, of the finish line. Like, <laughs> Uh, I just emotion. know that section so well. Like I, yeah. I, I ran it. I ran it with Hector. You know, when last yeah. year I ran it with uh, Amy Costa and training out there, yeah. and it's it's it was just incredible to feel. Yeah, and it's gotta it's gotta be. Yeah, I mean the emotional roller coaster of the whole entire thing is you know the breakdown on the mountain, but mm-hmm. the other side of things as you now are experiencing your own at your own level, right, and your own finish being able to see your friends and, and your husband at the, at the finish line. I mean, I think that was one of the better photos that I saw. Like, I I think I saw one of my, right. Where you and Kai, you, you guys uh, had a oh, yeah. picture right at the yep. end. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I could, I think everybody that saw that photo was like, you know, Isabella was loving that, you know? So it's, it's kind of one of those things. Like you run through the gamut of emotions through that whole entire thing. And to see it uh, one year out, like just mm-hmm. prep work and stuff for it. It's gotta just be, just a rush of emotions at the end there. And then it's after that is like, get me off of my fucking feet right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She looked really good when she came across. So I was just like, Oh yeah. man, she's, and then all of a sudden it was like, yeah, sit down. But that's, I think all of them, once they, that excitement of them getting yeah. across and then it's the realization of like, well, what did I just do? Yeah. I had Heather do a once over on me. Like, how do I look? You know, we got to make sure the eyelashes are good. The eyelashes sure, good. And yeah, you got to make sure. Yeah. Bloody nose earlier, so I have any blood on my face. Like, my can I look nose. good? Do I look pretty? Is I cross the finish line? How's my outfit? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, 
it was really cool because I, I, I know the race director and I know the staff, you know, from volunteering last yeah. year. So they were super pumped for me that I was able to finish. And, and my coach was there. He came back, That's you know, cool. two days later. <laughs> after his <laughs> two, two days he also, later. <laughs> he also set the new record. Yeah. Jeff Browning set the new yeah. record, course yeah, record. So, um, and then picking out my medal and the finisher photos just felt yeah. really good. That's awesome. And I got to drink beer again. 75 days without alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) So a couple, a couple last questions. And so I, I want to know, Kyle, how many times you pull the soccer ball out and kick it around? Actually, you know what? I did not bring the soccer ball this time. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking to myself, but Kyle's going to have nothing to do. He's going to kick around the soccer ball a little bit. Yeah. Trying to get a, a trying to get a short game going in there in the crew, in the yeah. crew pits. <laughs> I did not bring one. I was disappointed in myself. There was a day I could have been juggling out out by the van. But, uh, <laughs> what about the hacky sack? Did you bring the hacky sack? No, I didn't bring. No, I was. Oh, I was total focused. total fail. I was, I was crew crew. Uh, yeah, I was all crew. Oh, but you're juggling. You brought your juggling thing, balls. Oh whatever. yeah, yeah, but again, yeah, yeah, juggling <laughs> balls. Yeah. What is? <laughs> What was, if you remember, like, what was probably one of the the craziest things that you saw uh, at the crew stations or aid stations? So you, is there anything that comes to your mind where it's like either either it was like hallucinations of a runner or some some that just happened with the crew? Is there anything that that pops out that you remember? Um you know what? There's the hallucinations for sure. Someone thought that uh, they were talking to themselves in their shoulder off their shoulder but there was in it was them talking to themselves um there was someone like an out of like an out of body experience like it was it was their guy on their shoulder but it was actually they were seeing yeah um someone thought they were rescuing somebody they so there was that was the worst one i think they actually had to help him he thought he was actually rescuing someone out there um, wow. so, so that was, uh, that was pretty gnarly to see of, uh, you're like, Whoa, that, that pushed their body to the max. Yeah. There are other people that, um, you know, just your body's telling you something when you're, when you have to go to the restroom every two, two minutes, you know? So to watch someone do that where you're like, Oh man, they're done. Maybe sleep for four or five hours. And, and all of a sudden you see them at another age that you're like, Whoa, that guy powered through that. <laughs> like what? Like he was there. So that's the one thing that I picked up was everyone out there has a different day. They could have trained all year, but something happens that day. And this is a multi-day thing. So even, even for, for us and Izzy, it was kind of like, don't say anything. Don't jinx anything. Don't just let everything roll until we get to that last. (laughs) When we see her coming down that (laughs) hill to come to the finish line, it's like, all right, it's all open. We can joke around because people did. I think there was someone we saw on the first aid station that had to, had to back out. Um, and that's for me, knowing how much she put into it, that person probably put in just as much. They probably paid a trainer, um, all the diet that goes into it before, um, all everything that goes into it before. And then to have to back out, it's crushing, you know, that's crushing. Um, and to see it happening, you're kind of like, Oh shoot. there were there was one somebody we saw and it was like oh i hope they're going i hope they're going like we were voting for them didn't know who they were it's yeah. like you know we just 
I hope they get up. And that is cool to see because it's just people you don't know that you know what boat they're in though. Yeah. You kind of know what they've done. So there's a, a push for them. So the so now that you're now that you're an experienced vet with the crewing <laughs> aspects of it, <laughs> what if 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 you were to talk to somebody else who is in the position of this is I am I am going to be crewing for the first time at this event? Is there anything that you would tell them right away? Like, hey, <laughs> this is what you should know. Uh, be ready to be yelled at or, or told what to do, but also uh, you have to be able to tell someone what to do at their worst when they don't want any of of that advice. Yeah, um, That's hard sometimes, especially when you live with the person. Um, <laughs> so, uh, that's one, I guess, don't um, crew for your first time with a loved one. Just help someone else out. Uh, it, might, it might help a little of the stress. But um, that, on that note, everyone, if you can help someone and volunteer somehow crewing, it, it's, again, there's a gratifying part for the person crewing. Even if it's not from your person ringing the cowbell for people, you're kind of like, oh, you see the little pep in their step. So you yeah. get that. Um, you get it back when they say, people are saying thank you, you know, thank you. you're like, I'm not doing it. Like, I'm not doing anything. So um, that's, that's cool. That's a, a part that everyone should try to do. Even if it's not for your, like, it, it was special that it was my wife. But if you can help someone out, and I don't think you have to crew the whole thing. You know, people came in and helped part part way. This depends yeah. on the race. But well, is what um, what's next for you? What do you what do you got up your sleeve? I know you've already like the, the moment you got done with the finish line, you already had one race on your mind that you were like, yep, now I'm, now I'm ready for now I'm ready for this. <laughs> um, I'm definitely going to do a few fun things in the next few months and then I'll decide on my next big goal, but I have SoCal Ragnar coming up in like three weeks and I'm on an eight person team. So super mellow. We're on the beer drinking team. Uh, six of my teammates is going to be their first Ragnar. So we're just looking to have fun and have a blast out there. Uh, we have about 13 Ultra Buds teams in total that'll be at Ragnar SoCal. So it's just going to be a big old party celebrating with my friends. Um, and then I registered for a road marathon in January, Houston Marathon. So I'll be out there with the Brooks Run Happy team um, doing uh, the road life. So I think I only need to run with like one handheld water bottle and that's it. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> so 26 miles. I don't even know if I have to train for that. No, I, at this point, no. <laughs> Why, why would you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we have in March, we'll be headed back to Moab for uh, Huda's new race. Moab run the rocks. Three oh, day stage do, race. You're doing that one. Yeah. Huh? yeah. That'd be fun. That'd be cool. Yep. And my pacer, Melissa is also an ambassador for the race. So she'll be meeting me out there and it'll just be like, no pressure. Have fun. Yep. Uh, cool. Yeah. Well, Hey guys, I'm going to let you go. Uh, I, completely enjoyed this conversation it's as much Izzy, as much as i love talking to you it was so much fun getting to talk to snacks because <laughs> yeah so, so it, was, uh, it was awesome 
So it's it's nice to hear that that first timer perspective on something the outsider looking in or the outsider being voluntold to come yeah. on in and help <laughs> out. So um, I'm sure everybody will love listen to that. So um, anyway, guys, I I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having us. It's fun to hear Kyle's story side of things. <laughs> <laughs> the Trail Life Podcast is hosted and produced by me, Jeff Stoner. Music is provided by the Poor Dirty Astronauts with lyrics written by Matt Meyer. You can rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast by going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you stream your favorite podcast episodes. Thank you again, everybody, and we'll see you out on the trails real soon.